everybody and welcome to a new episode of Evie's Korean Drama Podcast Show. My name is Evie, I'm your host, and I am a K-drama obsessive. So this is the show where I waffle on about all of the K-drama that I love. If you'd like to support the show, you can check out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Evie Korean Drama Podcast. There you will find extra podcast episodes and updates on what I'm watching at the moment. Also, just before I get started, please be warned that I do swear a little bit on this show when I get excited. And when I'm talking about K-drama, I always get excited. Alright, so I thank you very, very much for listening and let's get on with the K-drama show. The drama that I am going to be chatting about today with all of you guys is True Beauty. Oh my gosh, this show. (laughs) For me, it was like such an unexpected gem, like just out of nowhere. I did not expect this show to make me feel the way that it did. Um, So True Beauty came out, uh, it started running in the very end of 2020 and kind of went over to 2021. It is a 16 episode, I want to say rom-com, like it's definitely leading into the comedy. Um, It's a youth drama, so it's set in high school and it's very romantic. Um, But I I feel like the show is so many different things. Um, So this one's based on a webtoon, which is very, very popular and I've heard very good things about. Um, I have not read it, but I'm very, very interested to after watching this show. Um, So I guess I just wanted to talk a bit about, I guess, you know, why I ended up watching this one, because I have to admit this show was not on my radar. And this is another example of how much (laughs) having this podcast has changed my K-drama viewing habits. It's so crazy to me. Um, So yeah, I wasn't going to watch this. Uh, I I really like the actress Moon Ga-young, who plays the female lead. Um, I've seen her in just a number of other things, and she always kind of really stands out for me. So um, I was kind of excited when I saw that she was the lead in her own drama but I don't know why but before watching this show I hadn't really watched any like high school youth kind of k-dramas in a while which is one of my favorite k-drama genres but I just hadn't really found anything I connected with and I think it had been so long of me kind of stopping and starting kind of youth k-dramas and that I, I kind of wondered if my genre taste had changed and I was like, oh, maybe, maybe that's not a genre that I love anymore. You know, I mean, that happens all the time that you kind of develop and evolve and the things you're interested in changes. And I was like, you know, am I actually at the stage in my life when I don't want to watch high school dramas anymore? Well, no, I'm not. Cause I loved this so much. I think I'm going to watch high school dramas until like, I'm an old crinkly woman, which is, you know, Definitely what I will be doing when I'm an old crinkly woman is sitting on the couch watching K-drama, just so you know. Um, So this one really wasn't on my radar. Uh, I just, I don't really know why. It just, 
I think I was just a bit worried that it, you know, wouldn't be much of anything. Like it might just be zany and silly, but that would be about it. Um, and I think the thing that's most surprising about this show is the substance that True Beauty has. Um, so I, I actually just watched this because I started seeing it everywhere on Instagram while it was airing. Um, so for the first bunch of weeks and I just started seeing stills and basically <laughs> I saw all those like real hooky, like romantic moments, you know, someone leaning in or whatever. And I was just like, oh, that looks super romantic and fun. And now I've got to watch it. So I did. And I'm so glad, like, I'm just so glad. This is I, like, I wonder if I wasn't on Instagram or I wasn't like a little bit connected with the K-drama community and hearing, you know, that listeners of my podcast were going, oh my gosh, this show's so good. Would I have even picked it up? And what a sad thing that would have been if I hadn't. Anyway, that's a long waffle for you to start off with. But this show is great. It is so good. It was such a surprise for me. It was so unexpected. So it definitely is a comedy. Um, it has these kind of zany moments. You know, there's points where the heroine like imagines herself in, you know, as a superhero or, or weird stuff happening. So she has all these kind of like little imagine sort of dreams and some of the other characters do as well. So there's this kind of level of, you know, fun and fluff. It's very, you know, love triangle and romantic. But then there's this just this intense substance beneath I think all the zany kind of surface level stuff um which I just love that I love that a show can be so tonally different you know it can give you all that fun silly stuff that's so much fun to watch like all these romantic hijinks and very silly kind of romance tropes and stuff which I adore but then also give you these like really deep feelings and these underlying themes that at times in this show go very, very dark, um, which I really liked because I think, you know, I, I think that the way the show handles some of its darker themes, like particularly around bullying and suicide and, you know, just how intense I think the struggle around self-image can be, like, for everyone, but I think, you know, particularly young girls, um, I think the show was very thoughtful and very clever in the way it handled these things to enable the show to be, you know, light and fun and swoony, but also saying something and saying something very thoughtfully, I think. Um, so this is kind of random, but towards the end of the show I don't think this is a spoiler because I think anyone who knows even remotely like what this show is about can guess <laughs> that it's kind of you know it's going to be a healing journey for the heroine um, but seeing where she is at the start with her kind of self-doubts the way she's treated by other people and her own feelings around her self-worth and then seeing her change into the person that she is by the end of the drama is a joy like the actress Moon Ga-yong carries this show. She is incredible. She's adorable. I just loved her character. And, you know, I just got so invested in her happiness and her self-confidence. Um, but there's this, this moment um, towards the very end of the drama when um, Moon Ga-yong's character, our heroine, is beginning to 
she's beginning to believe in herself and it's just she just says this thing that like I don't know why but I couldn't get it out of my head for ages and I'm still thinking about it all the time and I'm going to completely paraphrase it because I wish I'd written it down while I was watching it but I, I kind of searched for the quote online and couldn't kind of find what she said um, but basically she's talking about the fact that, you know, if she has these bullies and they tell her that her bare face, so her face when she doesn't have makeup on, is, you know, terrible and awful and she should feel horrible about herself. And she kind of said that if she has, you know, an intense negative emotional reaction to those bullies saying those bullyish, horrible things to her, then by having that emotional reaction and getting upset, it means that she's agreeing with them. It means that internally, by getting upset, she is agreeing with her bullies that she is ugly. And by the end of the drama, you know, our heroine doesn't believe that about herself anymore. And she says um, to her boyfriend uh, at that time of the drama, <laughs> um, you know, she says that she's decided that from now on, she's only going to listen to the opinions of the people who love her. And this just like... I don't know why it got under my skin. Like it's such a, it's such a big moment in the drama, but it's not like this snappy sort of wisdom quote or anything, but it just hit me as such a true to life kind of moment. And one of those <laughs> kind of points where you're watching a K-drama and you're like, wow, like that's actual wisdom right there. And I know many people have basically said what you know, what the heroine says in many different ways throughout many, many, many years. But for whatever reason, I feel like this one really hit home to me. And I think, you know, in the world that we live in right now, or, you know, always probably for all time, um, you know, if you, however you live your life and whatever it is that you believe in, you're always going to come up against people who are potentially not going to treat you nice over those things. They might be mean to you. They might say awful things. And I just, you know, and I think it's so easy to feel like shit when you come up against that kind of thing, you know, to take those negative comments on board. And the idea that by taking those negative comments on board and having that awful, sad, upset reaction is in a way you agreeing with them. You know, you're letting them under your skin. And I just loved the idea of being like, no, like the opinions of people who love you, that is what's important. So for instance, not necessarily the opinions of someone you don't know who's judging you for whatever reason, because they've perceived whatever. And I just thought that's such a good lesson. And I think it's something that I mean, I don't know about other people, but I think it's really, really hard to control the way you emotionally react to something negative that happens to you. But also, I think that a lot of the kind of, you know, people who make mean comments, like they just go on with their lives. They don't think about it again. And you're the one who's kind of left dealing with the emotions around this thing. And that's kind of shitty. Like, it it's not really necessary in your life. Like that person doesn't matter to you. So why does their opinion matter? You know, the people who love you, they are who matters. So anyway, <laughs> that was a huge, weird, random waffle, but that's the kind of thing I think the show did to my mind. <laughs> so there's some moments I'm like watching it. I'm like, oh, this is cute. This is swoony. I love it. Or I'm giggling along. And then there's other moments where I walked away from an episode and I was like, I want to remember 
that feeling that I had when they those characters said that thing, I want to remember that for the rest of my life because that meant something to me and it changed the way that I feel about myself. And oh, for me, that is the sign of like the best kind of story. It is entertaining and fun, but it is deeply moving and it makes you think about yourself and your situation and the world around you and the way that you relate to other people or even more importantly you know the way that you feel about yourself um you know hopefully that's positive <laughs> so I don't know I just I really really loved this show and it was very very unexpected that it touched me in the way that it did so very quickly uh just before I get into the drama setup and kind of tell you guys um uh I guess my impressions of what happens in the first couple episodes or whatever um I'm just going to talk quickly about the casting so I mentioned that Moon Ga-yong is the main character she's playing um a young teen girl called Ju Gyeong um Ju Gyeong is Oh, I loved her. I loved, and I'll get into everything about our heroine like later, but I feel like Moon Ga-yong, like all the characters in this drama are great. Everyone was perfectly cast. I loved so many people and I was never bored when the side characters were on screen. I liked everybody, but I do feel like the actress Moon Ga-yong carries this show on her shoulders. Like she's so... Oh, she just embodies like, you know, all the kind of deeper themes or most of the deeper themes that this show is trying to tackle in this really beautiful way. And I was so invested in her kind of character's growth and development, like so on board with her journey to the point where, you know, she'd make small changes as she went along and grow in confidence. And I'd be like, yeah, that's so cool. Like, <laughs> I just, I liked her so much. So I, I feel like that's, I don't know. I just really, really enjoyed that aspect of following her along on this journey. Um, so the main male lead is played by the actor Cha Eun Woo, uh, and he plays a character called Suho. Uh, so Chan Wu, I have seen before in two other dramas and also a cameo in a different one. So I've seen him in um, Gangnam Beauty, Gangnam ID Beauty, ID Gangnam Beauty, <laughs> that drama, uh, which I really enjoyed. Interestingly enough, you know, you could almost say he plays a similar sort of character and it deals with a lot of the same themes. But I think for myself, I don't know why kind of true beauty touched me a little bit more. Um, and I also... I'm kind of like, I, I, I do like Cha Wu, like I've, in the dramas that I've seen him in before, and I feel like he constantly surprises me that I like him more and more with each drama I see him in. Um, but I kind of wish that I'd seen him in True Beauty first and then gone back to explore his backlist, because I think after seeing him in this show, I'm just like, I loved him in this. He is so good. He's just everything that his character should be. Um, I really loved, you know, he's kind of starts off as the cold, aloof, perfect Mr. Handsome character. But there's so many little moments of him kind of being a bit goofy and a bit silly and a bit insecure and also this kind of deeper grief around the character and his backstory that I think makes him, you know, he has a lot of depth, I guess. Um, so I never found him like one note or boring. Um, and I wish I'd seen him in this first and then gone back to watch like, um, what is it, rookie historian Moon Ga-yong. <laughs> <Moon> Ga <-yong. laughs> 
No, that's not. Whatever that one's called, I feel like everyone knows. Um, Rookie Historian, The Historical. Um, And I wish I'd gone back to watch that one after seeing this because I feel like, I just feel like I've really, really, really warmed to him as an actor. And yeah, he really, he really blew me away in this one. I liked him a lot, which is good because the next person on my cast list is uh, the second male lead played by the actor Hwang in and his character is Sojun. Um, so for me, Sojun was an absolute scene stealer. Like I was so close to shipping the wrong pointy end of this love triangle. And I think that you know, that that really says a lot about how I feel about Chan Wu in this drama and I think his whole performance and his character um, that I didn't totally jump ship on the main romance and just go in for the second male lead because <laughs> Hwang and Yop was great, even though he has the fucking maddest hair that I've ever seen. I feel like maybe his insane hair is like a, a webtoon thing and they're like, well, the character that's been drawn in this webtoon has a big long, straight, square mullet. So, you know, we've got to put that on the actor Huang and Yop's head. Um, luckily, <laughs> you know, he's very handsome. I feel like I was just able to deal with the fact that he had a long, square, <laughs> straight mullet sticking out the back of his head. I was okay with it. <laughs> I wasn't really okay with it. I really didn't like it. Um, but I liked him so much that I felt he transcended the mullet and was awesome in this drama. Um, I loved his character. I loved, you know, I loved everything about him. And I think he could have been a very, very viable romantic option <laughs> for the female lead, except that Suho was just so solid and so good for her and such a good character and guy that I couldn't quite ever jump ship. Um, so I think that's also, it was an amazing love triangle. The I don't know. I loved it. I thought it was so good. Um, so there's heaps and heaps of other characters in this drama. I will mention uh, kind of a second female lead character, but more of just a best friend sort of turned rival character played by the actress Park Yuna. And her character is Sujin. And I might also point out for that for um, non-Koreans, <laughs> uh, people who, you know, haven't grown up in Korea with Korean language, um, the name choices of three characters in this drama is very hard. So we have Suho, Sojun and Sujin. And I feel like there was even more side characters with uh, another friend with a similar one. So that was like, it took me maybe an episode or so. And then I was like, all right, I got it. But also it was hard, um, which is fine because, you know, that's, I'm not Korean. So there you go. Um, but so Sujin, second female lead, who's also the best friend character. So I just really like this actress. Um, I don't love that she went like full evil, but I can kind of see it. I feel like they gave her character enough, I feel like depth and reason and you understand where this poisonous spite is coming from and you can also see how she kind of loathes herself for doing it at the same time as going full tilt and doing some really bad stuff. Um, but I really like this actress, Park Yuna. Um, I would like to see her in other stuff. I've also seen her in Hotel de Luna. She plays kind of a minor character. But yeah, I think she's memorable and really good. Um, and then there's heaps of other great characters. Like I love um, the heroine, Ju Kyung's whole family is amazing. Her older sister. Um, I adored her idiot younger brother. He is 
so good. Like he just made me laugh. He was like this kind of manic kind of munchkin who was just running around in the background. And it was like he was on, I don't know, like a whole different show, <laughs> just sort of crawling around in the background. He was very funny. I really enjoyed it. Um, and I loved your older sister too. There's a lot of comedy in the family. Um, so yeah, there's heaps of other faces that I think everyone will recognize that are really, really good. Um, just such a good cast, I think. Um, and I, like I said, you know, I was never bored when all the side characters were on. I just liked everybody. All right. So I think that's plenty enough of my overview. Um, now I'm going to get into the setup of True Beauty. So let's see if I can actually remember what happened at the very beginning of this drama, um, because I did watch it while it aired, which means, you know, the beginning of it was many, many, many weeks ago as I record this. Um, so basically, we open on our heroine, played by the actress Moon Ga-yong, uh, and this character's name is Im Joo-kyung. So Joo-kyung is a high school girl, and she is considered to be not pretty. So basically, she has eyebrows that she doesn't, you know, like pluck in a fashionable way. And she has, you know, acne. And she gets treated like absolute shit. It is quite horrific to watch because I think I just find it so painful. I feel like that kind of thing, like having acne and stuff you know, particularly at that age, but like, even as you get older, it, you feel so self-conscious already. Like you don't need other people even mentioning it or looking at you or anything. Like I, it was really, really awful seeing the way she gets treated. So she has one friend at school who is also not considered like a hot girl. And so they kind of stick together but these kind of trio of hot bully girls are really mean to both of them to the point where, you know, Jugong's friend can't really stand up to them and is kind of forced to be involved in this really awful and humiliating instance where, you know, the, the best friend ends up filming Jugong getting harassed by these girls. Um, so Jugong is really, really just so upset. She's been rejected by a boy that she liked um, and it's, it's really horrible. <laughs> I really freaking kind of fucking hated it. But I, you know, it's you, you start with your character at this really low place. Um, and obviously it builds a lot of empathy for her and experiences that she's going through, which you can see she's not talking about at home. She's keeping it all to herself. So she doesn't know anything about makeup, but she has a go. She kind of looks at YouTube and slathers like a lot of foundation on her face, but she doesn't do a good job. And she obviously, you know, she doesn't look like you meant to when you're wearing makeup and that just makes things worse at school. Um, so kind of when things are reaching like a breaking point, I guess, for her at this point, and she, we see this scene, which just really kind of struck me, like, you know, for a kind of a funny, cute comedy. It's certainly, I feel like there's a lot of dark stuff at the beginning of the show. Um, so we kind of follow Jukong and she ends up on top of this, you know, this huge skyscraper building in the middle of the city. And this scene just really, really struck me because of the way it's shot and the way it's looked like the way that it looks. I think so much of this show is very bright. It's very like kind of warm and pink and kind of fluffy looking. And then this scene is like, you know, the sky is like 
inky blue and it's like nighttime cityscape, just like, you know, glittering buildings in every direction. And she's on this like mad skyscraper rooftop at night and it's so dark that she's almost silhouette. But there's these like big neon like advertisement signs that are just like, you know, pouring all this like neon purple light and stuff like that onto her. And she's just silhouette. And we see this girl you know, she climbs up onto the ledge and for ages there's just this shot of her and it's so inky dark but you just see this schoolgirl silhouette on the very edge with the whole city spreading out in front of her and it oh it really hit me like it it's one of those things like it's such a beautiful shot but I feel like the way it's shot just carries so much emotion of what this character is feeling as she is like teetering on the edge of doing something really 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 terrible um the cool thing about this that I liked is that she changes her mind she decides that this isn't what she wants to do but right at that moment this dude runs up to her basically like totally tackles her off the ledge and they land on top of each other in a romantic hijink way which is slightly different from you know this the full-on dark emotion of what's been going on I really really liked that Jigong decides she doesn't want to do it first that it's not just that you know, so this is the male lead, Isuo, played by the actor Chan U. Um, so I really like that Suo doesn't save her. Like he, you know, he kind of thinks he has, but she's made the decision in herself. And I really liked that. Um, so they have this moment, but Jugong isn't wearing her like big thick glasses. It's also really dark and neon and she can't see shit. So she's just like, here's this really random dude and he's kind of saved me. And then like, I feel like it's quite funny then it kind of goes into slightly you know, kind of almost slapsticky, you know, like everything goes wrong. Like I can't even remember what, but basically he has to carry her down the whole building. She can't see anything and like her foot hurts or some shit. And he's just like, oh my God, why is this happening? <laughs> so he's very like kind of pissy about it, but you can see that he's very struck by this situation. And although Jugong absolutely doesn't catch on, like she's not like, why is this young dude on top of this building? Like, why was he there in the first place? And why is he saying these specific things to her about, you know, not doing what he thinks she was going to do? So as a viewer, you realize very quickly that someone very close to Suo has done exactly what Jukong was about to do. So someone that Suo loves has jumped off that building and died. And Suo is clearly, you know, dealing with a lot of emotion around it. Um, and I like, you know, it just comes across very, very quickly, even though Dugong is not always the sharpest cookie in the drawer. She's uh, great at all the emotional stuff, but I don't know. <laughs> she's going to be a little bit dense, so she totally doesn't pick up on any of it. But of course, you know, she's in her own world dealing with her own stuff at this point as well, on, in her defense. <laughs> so he kind of carries her down and it's all like very traumatic and quite funny and kind of deposits her in a taxi. And I can't remember exactly what she says but something about you know if you're alive you've got to live or something like that like that you know if 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 his friends I can't remember does she know his friend's dead I don't really know anyway she says something that really really strikes him and she says something about you know living and just doing well with your life and it really really hits him it means something to him 
And then they go their separate ways. Jigyeon goes home and she finds out that her dad, who is a little bit of a deadbeat, but like a lovable deadbeat, has once again lost the family's entire fortune in some sort of, um, you know, investment scam slash scheme thing. Um, So the mum, who's like clearly the boss of the family, is very, very upset. The whole family, so this is Jigyeon's older sister and younger brother, all have to move back to their kind of original home. So they've clearly had their house and they've saved up for forever and ever and they've bought an apartment in the city um, and they're renting out their old place so now they have to go back to square one I really liked the family's house. I'm presuming it's like suburbs in Seoul, like little laneways, like, you know, maybe the far, far reaches of the city. Um, but their house is just, you know, it's got such a warm kind of lived in homey vibe. It's super nice and it suits their whole family vibe. Um, so they move back and Jugong is extremely pleased about this development because she gets to leave her awful school and leave all these awful bullies behind. Um, and so what she does is she starts going hardcore at looking at YouTube makeup tutorials Um, and she learns she just learns how to wear makeup in a way that it covers her you know her acne and also you know she just plucks her eyebrows and they're very fashionable now but basically she also puts in contacts and basically she looks like an entirely different person and she starts at her new school uh, with a new face And she calls it, you know, her fake face. And then her real face is her, you know, non-makeup kind of uh, acne red kind of face. And so she starts school kind of, I think it's really interesting because I kind of like that her doing this leads to this dilemma of in a way she's lying to people in a way, like I can see how it sort of gets to that point, but at the same time, you know, it's her prerogative if she wants to wear makeup, if she wants to present herself a certain way. And she's so ravaged from her experiences being bullied so intensely that when she arrives to this new school and she's very, very pretty girl, she just gets welcomed, welcomed into the class with open arms. And particularly these two girls kind of become her her two new best friends. And they're super nice to her and they stand up for her if she's having any trouble. And I loved all these scenes. Like, I just think they were so moving. When you know where this character's been, you know how low things have gotten for her and what she even thought she might do. And then to see her getting taken care of, getting the opportunity to go out and hang out with other girls and be considered pretty and just be, you know given love, I guess. I really, really liked it. And I found all those scenes, you know, of the three girls kind of, I don't know, just having fun around the neighborhood, just really lovely. So she also meets at school um, this dude who's in her class. So this is the male lead, Isuo, um, played by Chanu. So she does not recognize Suo as the dude who saved her from the rooftop. And Suo also does not recognize Jukyong as the girl he saved because she was an absolute mess that night. Fair enough to her. Um, So he's a very like icy cold, I think they call it like Sundra type, you know, very um, just perfect in every way, but very cold, not very like emotional, um, you know, really good school marks and all that kind of stuff. That's very, you know, male lead typical, I want to say. And he's very uninterested in her, um, completely 
uninterested in anything, basically. But it's interesting because we're seeing this very like cool, contained, calm kind of thing. When we've seen him on that rooftop, like we've seen him yelling and emotional and we already understand that there is some grief there. There's something going on with this boy. And the way he acts at school, so in control, is not really what's going on with him. We also see his home life. You know, we we realize he's very, very lonely. He's very young. He lives by himself in this super flash apartment that his dad obviously, you know, runs for him. And he has a terrible, terrible relationship with his rich dad. And he's just very adrift and alone. Um, So Suo has had, you know, in the past, we kind of realize over a few episodes, he's had this really, really tight, wonderful friendship with two other boys. So the three of them are always together and indulged in their passions together, which is music. Um, And two of those boys have gone off to kind of be idols. And I think just before one of them debuts or after he debuts, basically there's this huge scandal where people accused him of being a bully, which he was not. So it's a lie. It gets out of hand and, you know, Suo's best friend kills himself in that same spot, obviously, that Jukong nearly did. And... Suo's other friend, so the third part of this little friendship triangle, is um, the second male lead, Han Soo-joon, played by the actor Hwang en So Soo-joon has, ever since that time, blamed Suho for their, their best friend's death. And so Suo's really just left completely adrift and alone. Like, one of his best friends is dead, the other one blames him for it. And I think it's interesting to me, like, we find out Suo, it's not Suo's fault, of course it's not, but he never kind of speaks up, he never tries to explain or, you know... I guess, defend himself against Sojun's anger at him because Suo does feel so guilty. And it's just that normal guilt, I think, of anybody left behind who would be like, what if, what if I'd done this? What if I could have done that? What if I'd listened? Why didn't I know? So it's it's a very normal kind of guilt, but Suho is tearing himself apart because of it. And meanwhile, you know, the second male lead, Sojun, is just turning into like, a little angry gangster, I guess. And he's just, you know, living a bit wildly because he's just filled with so much anger over this thing that's happened. Um, so anyway, Duke Young, you know, she, she puts on her beautiful makeup, goes to school, everyone, you know, she kind of integrates into the local, you know, friend groups and is having just such a wonderful time. And then she goes home and every night she takes off her makeup. So one thing I absolutely loved is that Duke Young's Acne never magically gets better. I was so sure as I was watching this drama that at some point she would be like, oh, I found this cool skin product and now I've put it on my face. I'm good. Like my skin's completely cured. And I loved that. No, this acne is something that Jugong will have to deal with for the rest of her life. But she becomes, you know, as the drama progresses, confident enough to accept both of her faces as her face. And I I loved it so much that the drama didn't magically kind of solve her problems for her. Really solving her problems came from accepting that this is the way things are, but she's going to be confident about it and own it. And I loved that. So, you know, we see her coming home from school all the time and Jigong, you know, removes moves all her makeup after she gets out of the shower, you know, probably before she gets in the shower, not after she gets out of the shower. Anyway, that seems beside the point. <laughs> and then she, you know, might have to go do an errand or do something around the neighborhood for her parents or she goes to the local comic book shop and she does that without makeup on her face. And so she does go to this little comic uh, book kind of 
shop reading library place, um, which was a really nice little place. Um, she's obsessed with horror comics and she goes there to, I don't know, check one out or whatever. And she meets Isuo. So as soon as she sees Suo, she's positive that Suo recognizes her. So at first she's like, she's a bit unsure. She's hoping he doesn't recognize her with her bare face. But, you know, he's acting like he knows her. And of course, Suo does know her because he's seen her on the rooftop. He knows this is the, the girl that he believes he saved from trying to kill herself. So he's kind of all up in her face. But meanwhile, she thinks that she has no idea it's the same boy from the rooftop. She just thinks, oh, this is, you know, untouchable, cool Suo from school who is suddenly acting like he knows her. So she's like, shit. So basically, Suo asks, you know, they just have a whole conversation. They start forming a kind of, you know, I don't know, I, I don't want to say a connection at this point, but, you know, they're just sort of getting to know each other and having whatever bickering, whatever's going on between them. And Suho, I think he, like, asked for a comic book or something that she's got at home or some shit, and so she's like, sure, you know, I'll, I'll bring it to you, that's fine. If you keep my secret, I'll give you the comic book. And so the next day at school, Suho is just walking around in his school uniform being all, like, cool and calm and handsome again. And Chukong, with her, you know, face all made up, looking very pretty, you know, pops around the corner and gives him this like little bag and kind of just the way she acts to him, like in such a familiar, hilarious, adorable way. And he's just like, what the fuck just happened? Like, he's so confused. But of course, he looks in the bag and he makes the connection and he realizes that the girl from the roof, the girl from the comic book shop is actually the new girl, Chukong, at school. Um... So I really love, so he figures it out really quickly, but Jugong herself doesn't realize that he knows for quite a bit longer. And then I think eventually when she does find out that he knows, um, he... I don't know, he kind of like holds it over her for a while and it's quite funny, like he's kind of using her to run around and do all these errands, but basically it's all an excuse to see her. So Suo, basically as soon as he sees her in that comic book shop, he is so interested in her. He likes her so much and we do find out that there's all this history between them from when they were kids and he's liked her for a very long time. Um... But I don't know, I really liked all the scenes of them at the comic book shop. And one thing I really enjoyed about, I think, those scenes particularly is that when Jukyong realizes that Suo, you know, he knows, she, he knows that she wears makeup at school and he knows that, you know, this is what she looks like barefaced. And once she's sort of like just over the initial trying to hide the fact that, you know, these two versions of herself is actually the same person, once she knows that he knows, she, it's just like all her inhibitions around, you know, her face just drop. And she's not self-conscious around him. She's not self-conscious for him to see her bare face, to see what she looks like. And I don't know. I really, really liked that. I liked how comfortable these two get being around each other so quickly. And, you know, their romance kind of progresses from this, like, this nice friendship. But then I think it's, you know, there's so much wrapped up in their romance. I think on Ju Kong's side particularly in that she doesn't feel confident to be beside him, which, you know, I hate, but I feel like that's a very true emotion for anybody to have, but particularly someone Jukong's age, you know, in high school, in this kind of situation that she is. So I really loved it all. Um, I think that's probably enough 
setup. There's just so many kind of mad hijinks with, you know, makeup at school and no makeup in the neighborhood and trying to hide her face and, you know, going on a school camp and how does she deal with it and who kind of finds out what she really looks like and who doesn't and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's super fun. And I, I really like the way the romance progresses from this just really nice friendship at the start and then kind of like it goes through so many different phases and of course you have to drop in there kind of the local resident bad boy Sojun who is just sort of running around the neighborhood on his motorbike while wearing long dangly earrings and and a mad square mullet but somehow managing to pull all of that off <laughs> and be super super cool um I really liked him um you know he kind of starts noticing Jukong at school and he ends up really really liking her and then there's a lot of kind of love triangle stuff because Suo is already totally into her and they're kind of you know they're already sort of fighting they have all these problems between them the two boys and I really liked I think so June, you know, I don't think Jugong ever particularly, like her emotions don't really move towards So June, but they have a really solid friendship, which is very confusing for him. But for her, he's just someone that she really relies on, who's her lovely friend, eventually, you know, after their rocky beginning. Um, but I feel like So June feels so relevant in the show because he's got his own things going on, particularly like his own character growth journey as you know, kind of from this very angry young man into somebody who's able to reconnect with his best friend. And I really enjoyed all the friendship stuff, I guess, and the development of these two boys, kind of their friendship coming back and, and realizing, you know, these kind of misunderstandings between them. I thought that was really, really cool. Um, and, you know, his love for Jukong, um, Sojun's love for Jukong really tugs on my heartstrings. Um, I thought he was great. But for me, I couldn't help but ship Jukong with Suho. I think just because he saw her first as, you know, with her bare face and he just doesn't care. And I feel like Sojun wouldn't care either. He definitely wouldn't care. But I feel like Suho just does so much. Not that he like goes out of his way. No, I don't mean he does stuff. <laughs> he doesn't do actions, but just by him being there and accepting her as she is, it it does so much for Jukong in enabling her to figure out who she is and who she wants to be and enables her to eventually become more confident about herself. So it's like, it's such a big deal. And I think because of that, the connection between Jukong and uh, Suo is so strong that even though like, oh my gosh, I loved Sojun and I was so like rooting for him to win in the love triangle in a way, but it made so much sense to me for Jukong and Suo to be together. It just works so well. Um, so yeah, heaps of hijinks and uh, yeah, just so, so much hijinks. Um, all right, so now I'm gonna talk about the stuff I loved. All right, so now it's time for me to run through a lot of the stuff that I loved about the show. I'm sure I won't be able to do all of it, but I did write a bit of a list while I was watching of just things that kind of, I don't know, that I really liked or that were very interesting to me. So uh, hopefully I'll have time to <laughs> go through them. I feel like there was so much that kind of, I don't know, interested me or moved me about this show. 
But on the list of stuff that I loved, I feel like the first thing is definitely Moon Gaeong. I think she is so adorable in this. She's so sweet. Um, I've seen her, particularly a role that kind of stands out in my mind is when I saw her as the second female lead in the insane dramatic, or I should say melodramatic uh, kind of youth K-drama called Tempted. She is just beautiful in that drama, so gorgeous and just such a different kind of character. Um, and I feel like in in True Beauty, um, Moon Gaeyong just, oh, she just is a teen girl, like with all those kind of complications and complexities she does so well i think she's a fantastic actress and i will look forward to seeing her in more stuff second on my list was the love triangle i really really liked it it really worked for me i felt my heart very tugged in both directions um very moved by both characters and i felt like you know both boys could have been good viable kind of romantic uh choices for um jukyong but I really felt very satisfied with where her feelings kind of end up, even though a bit of a sniffle for poor Sojun made me very sad. Um, I've got on my list, I really liked the little idiot brother and his little idiot romance. Not that the girl he liked was an idiot. She was the opposite of that. Um, I just enjoyed him sort of just being this kind of crazy dude running around in the background. And I don't know, he was very like over the top, but in it really suited him. I don't know. I really, I thought he was very good um, and very weird and funny. <laughs> um, so I've got next on my list, the unexpected depth of this show. So I've talked about this at length, I think already, but you know, I feel like it just unpacks such interesting themes, I think in such a thoughtful way, you know, talking about guilt and suicide and grief, um, obviously all the bullying stuff. Um, I loved the way Jigong's, you know, very bullied old best friend kind of comes back into the show and gets her own kind of happy ending. I loved that. And I loved that they got to kind of sort out what happened between them, which was so hurtful for Jigong. But you can even, you can understand her friend's point of view. She was afraid. She's terrified. I loved all that. And, and obviously, of course, I liked the way the show examined beauty and you know self-image and self-confidence and all like it's such a complex issue and oh just such a big thing I think all through your life I think a lot but particularly you know at that age um particularly for young women I think I'm sure for dudes as well at that age it's it's just such a difficult topic um and I really liked the way it was explored in this drama um, so I do have that, that wasn't even my list. Now I've got the list I wrote while I actually watched the drama. <laughs> so you can see there's a lot of stuff going on here. Um, so I'll try and breeze through it a little bit fast. Um, if I can, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, some of it doesn't make sense because I was writing while I was watching it. Uh, so I've written up top rooftop scenes, neon and skyline. So I talked about that. I just loved the way, you know, I, I hate that Yugong went up there to do this terrible thing and potentially to kill herself. It's so intense, but I did love the way that shot, um, that, that scene was shot. I thought it was really beautiful and it had the kind of weighty emotion that the moment did somehow got through with the way things looked. I thought it was really good and clever. Um, a moment that really struck me, this isn't something I love, it was a moment that worked in the show, but I think it's Sojun says to Suo, like, 
you know, you don't deserve to smile and just Suho's whole kind of demeanor crumpling, like you just understand the depth of this poor boy's guilt is so intense. Um, so that moment really struck me. Um, so, oh, um, so I've written that I really like the light and the dark in the show. I think it's such an incredible kind of balance between those tones. And one scene that really hit me in, you know, using both of those things so well. So, you know, when uh, Suo kind of finds out that Jugong is, you know, she's hiding her face at school and he's definitely not going to tell anyone at all, but he uses it as an excuse to spend time with her by constantly calling her out to run errands for him. So it's very, very funny. It's very funny that he's like, ha ha, go do this. And she has to run off and do it. And we're just seeing her run around and do all these like really annoying things for this kind of very annoying boy who isn't capable of just admitting that he likes her. And that's why he's doing this really annoying thing. And it's definitely played for comedy, this scene, or it's like, you know, kind of a montage or whatever. But then um, as part of this funny montage, Jigong goes to buy him some shit from the convenience store. And as she's walking past, some much bigger, scary kind of boys or men, I think even, harass her. And they're really scary and horrible and it's just like the tone of the scene just changes and suddenly you've got this very young girl who already has the most intense complex about the way she looks and the way others perceive her getting talked down to and you know these these men on the street treating her like a little piece of shit and I can't remember if she falls over there or what happens, but it's, I think it's raining. And then, you know, she runs back to give whatever she's bought from Suo. And obviously she explodes at him. She's, she has all this history of this intense bullying. And even though things have been so good for her lately and she's feeling calmer and more confident, this terrible thing, this incident brings it all back to the surface, the way that she's been treated and all her vulnerabilities. And she explodes at him and cries and yells. And he's immediately just like struck by so much guilt because yeah it was funny but you know he's been he's been holding this secret above her head that she feels so vulnerable about and he kind of realizes what he's done to her by doing that and it's so like you can see how guilty he is and how like you know terrible he feels and then you know he kind of brings her over and I think I don't know does he like bandage up her knee or some shit I don't know it was very moving and I liked it a lot even if I can't remember the specifics so I just I really liked I just thought it was such a good example of the way this show was able to handle in one scene you know something so funny and silly and fluffy and then so dark and the emotion just changing to be this really deeper moment between Jugong and Suho understanding her and what's going on with her so I thought that was very clever. Next on my list, I've written strawberry juice, <laughs> but no elaboration. So presumably what I meant by that was I really like the scene where after, you know, I think it was just after what I just explained with, you know, her exploding and crying and she sort of runs off and then he brings her strawberry juice at school in front of everyone. And, you know, I think that's a big step for him because he's not an emotional dude at school, but he's kind of showing some stuff and being nice to her. So I really liked it. I it was a bit swoony. I've also written the wallpaper at the school. Um, I didn't write any more than that, but what I meant by that was it's bonkers. <laughs> it's very floral and I kind of liked it, but also I have never seen a school that would have wallpaper like that, but also I liked it. 
Um, there's a moment where Suo says to Jugong that she is pretty without makeup. I loved this moment. I loved this statement. It was so swoony for me. And I feel oh, it's just this huge moment for her in this very, very slow recovery of her confidence about herself. I loved it so much. And I think that's why I could never go past Suo as you know, the main male lead, even though I loved Sojun so much, just because Suo had these moments that enabled Jugong to begin believing in herself. And I feel like he never saves her. He never, you know, swoops in and, and kind of fixes her, but he always kind of gives these little hints that enable her to fix herself and become the person she wants to be. And that's why it had to be him, in my opinion. Um, so I don't know. I've just written a quote from the drama, which I guess I must have liked and now have no memory of, which is, why do I just say things without my brain stopping me? I don't know who said that. Sounds like something the little idiot brother might say, I think. Or maybe it was so June. I don't know, but I guess I liked it. I still like it now reading that again. <laughs> oh my gosh, how random. Um, so I really liked the whole storyline around who we find out later is So June's little sister. I think her name is Gowoon or something, uh, which is a cool name if that was her name. Uh, so she's like, you know, she's into singing at school and you find out that she's getting bullied severely. So Jugong helps this younger girl with her makeup and makes her really pretty. So this girl's able to like have the confidence to get on stage and sing this solo. And it's really cool. And then the next time Jugong sees this girl at school again, she's not wearing the makeup and Jugong is She's like, what? Why aren't you wearing the makeup? Like, she just cannot understand. Like, if you can be beautiful and be treated like you're beautiful, why don't you do that? You know, she has no confidence in how she looks without her makeup or how she would get treated. And Gowoon, if that is her name, <laughs> is like, you know, I'll wear makeup when I feel like I want to wear makeup. And that's great. And I'll also not wear makeup when I don't want to wear makeup. And, you know, Jugong is so impressed but also doesn't know how to take that step herself um, until, you know, later in the drama. I loved it. I loved that through Gowoon's reaction to all this stuff, you kind of see just how kind of off track uh, Jugong has gotten because of these bullies and how sad it is. And I'm pretty sure that it is Gowoon who kind of says, like, if I wore makeup every single day forever, that would be me agreeing with my bullies that I'm ugly. And she's like, and I don't agree with that. I'm not ugly. And I loved it. Again, it becomes, you know, this major theme throughout the whole show. Um, so I've written, uh, oh gosh, <laughs> the scene where uh, Suo rejects Jugong and then later we see him crying. Um, I, so normally in shows, I hate when one of the, you know, one of the characters in the, the love relationship thing that happens, romance, in the romance, <laughs> breaks up with the other one for their own good. I really am against that trope. I really dislike it. But in this drama, it made so much sense to me. I feel one of those reasons is because they are teenagers. And I think, you know, it's, you're going to be a bit more mature to make a decision, to, to realize you shouldn't make a decision for somebody else's own good. Um, but also I think because I could understand why Suo did it, um, 
because of Sojun kind of saying, you know, you don't deserve to smile and hear all this guilt welling up where, you know, he realizes that through hanging out with Jugong, he was beginning to be happy again and he really doesn't feel like he deserves that. Um, so I really understood him in that moment, even though it was so hard to watch poor Jugong get her heart broken. Um, but I also liked it. You know, it's very, very angsty. It's a very satisfying kind of angsty, kind of dramatic turn in the relationship. But I feel like it was kind of built on a foundation that made sense to me. So it worked for me and also very emotional and poor Suo when he was crying. Um, what have I got? Uh, oh, no. Uh, oh, yeah. So this is just something I really enjoyed um, when... Jugyeong goes shopping. She goes to the shopping center with Sojun. I think they're trying to get a present for Sojun's youngest sister. They get stuck in the elevator like all the boys. And um, oh, she really needs to pee. And Sojun's like, oh, I've got this this cup. You can pee in this cup. I just thought it was all so funny. And then that kind of leads on to this baseball dude kind of showing up and hitting on Jugyeong and both boys getting like super upset about it. And they're going to the game to try and like kind of ward him off. And then um, um, they both start cheering like together when they think that maybe if this guy get does well, he'll get scouted and leave the country. So I just really liked it. I liked it, the fact that even though they're both kind of, you know, both boys are kind of fighting over a girl, it kind of brings them closer together and it kind of starts them, them on this, this journey of repairing their friendship. In it. It's all very funny as well. So I just really enjoyed all that stuff. Um, I've written that I loved that Suho and Jugong's first kiss is when her makeup is off. I The whole time I was watching this show, I felt like that was very, very important to me that the first time they kiss, she would not be wearing her makeup because I felt like... On her behalf, if he kisses her for the very first time with it on, it will validate in her mind this terrible notion that she already has that no one will accept her once she, you know, shows her bare face. And I feel like the fact that he really doesn't give a shit either way, like it could have been her with makeup, it could have been her without makeup, but because it happened to be her without makeup, I feel like that is the spark of something that again is very good in beginning her healing journey around how she feels around herself because I, I just loved it um so I really another thing I really liked about the drama is you know when Jugong kind of decides that she you know she gets into makeup she's not just doing it to hide her face anymore she's interested in it she's passionate in it it's an art form and she wants to study it and make a career out of it and I really really liked the way the drama took it seriously as an option. You know, beauty isn't just some dumb, frivolous thing. And I think, you know, it's something that you can be passionate about. You can care about that. And that is, you know, that's a legitimate thing to be passionate about. And I like that the drama took it seriously as this real solid interest and passion and option for Jugong. And I thought it was really interesting that the drama did too, because on the flip side, it's saying a lot about using makeup to you know, not pretend that you're different because obviously that's not what it's trying to say at all. I'm trying to find the right words, but you know, it's, it's obviously got a lot to say around accepting yourself and, you know, being proud of yourself and feeling like you're pretty even without makeup on. And so I just thought it was kind of cool. I feel like the show was really exploring kind of both sides. And, you know, I feel like it's overall message really around that is you can wear makeup, 
and feel beautiful and you cannot wear makeup and feel beautiful and all of that is okay <laughs> the long as you're feeling good about yourself in both instances like if something's making you not feel good about yourself then that is what the problem is the problem isn't makeup the problem isn't anything um so I really liked that I thought it was cool that her passion into makeup was taken seriously uh, this isn't something I loved, but it's something that's very silly. Uh, the school toilets have the dumbest design I've ever seen. It's like the whole room is just if the door opens, everyone, like all the students in the hall can see right into the toilets and they can see the feet under the stalls and they can see everything. And I was like, this is the worst design I've ever seen. And I have to say that. On multiple occasions, people in the hall did see, I don't know, some boy with his pants around his ankles who got up off the toilet like that. Anyway, I, I personally wouldn't have designed the school like that, uh, personally. So I loved um, Jugyong's older sister and the whole romance with Jugyong's like, homeroom teacher was hilarious. I love this kind of I loved the, oh, I don't want to say gender swap because that's not what it was, but it was like the traditional ideas around gender personalities and gender roles in society, but also relationships was swapped with this couple. So Jugong's older sister approaches him and she's just like what, you know, in a way that would be considered masculine in their relationship and everything that the teacher acts is, you know, in a way that would have traditionally been um, considered to be feminine. But I like that the show is just like, this is just the way they are and this is all good and I particularly loved um I feel like it all comes back around at the end with their wedding you know she kind of doesn't really care about it and he's getting very like very excited about all the details which I just think was really sweet and I love that because um Jugong's older sister gets like it's so silly but she gets her head stuck in I don't know a fucking table or some shit <laughs> so she can't go do um what I've seen in a lot of Korean dramas is like this bride viewing where a bride sits there and looks beautiful and all the guests come in to see her before the wedding and take photos and you know congratulate her and because she as the bride wasn't able to do that because she was busy having her head stuck in a table um her groom the teacher went and sat there and I just loved seeing him sitting there and also the way when everyone walks in they're kind of like real confused but then they're like yeah, why not? Like, what are all these weird kind of traditional gender, uh, like society things around what you should and shouldn't do as a man or a woman? I thought it was very funny and I just really enjoyed it all. And I liked the way it was just very face value. Like it was just nice. It was cute and it was amusing. Um, I've written, whoa, plastic surgery scene. So the scene where Jugong, her mum wants her to feel more confident. Her mum's very misguided, I feel, in this moment um, and hasn't figured out, you know, what she should be <laughs> encouraging her daughter to feel. But she does bring her to a plastic surgery office and the surgeon's like, oh, we got to chop this and change this and do this. And the mum's just getting more and more visibly upset. And it is nice because by the end of the scene, the mum's like, she's fucking beautiful. <laughs> Go away. So that was really, really, it was nice in the end, although that scene made me feel so uncomfortable seeing this dude like telling her how unpretty she was, like Moon Gaeyong, who's obviously amazing. But anyway, uh, I really liked that throughout the drama, um, Jugyong always calls it her true face. So that's her bare face. She says, it's her true face. And so Suho says to her, so does that mean that your face when you're wearing makeup is fake? And she's kind of thinking about it. And he's like, 
both of your faces are real. Like they're both you. You are you whether you're wearing makeup or whether you're not wearing makeup. And I really love that he said this. I thought it was just a really big moment because it kind of reminds you of Sojun's younger sister who chooses when she wants to wear it. If it makes her feel pretty, she can wear it. If she can't be bothered wearing it, she won't wear it. And I I really loved that. Um, I just thought it was a really cool, really cool thing that he said. So the next thing on my list is oh, the moment when Ju Gyeong decides to go to school wearing no makeup. She it was just the coolest. She was so fucking cool. I loved it. And I love when you see her getting ready. Like, you know, she puts on her makeup and then she changes her mind. She removes it. And then she stares at herself in the mirror with no makeup on. And then she smiles at her appearance. And like, oh, my heart, I was just like, oh, I just wanted to like jump up and down and be like, yeah. I just thought she was so cool. I enjoyed it so much. And it was so such a satisfying moment and I think it's so like she knows she's gonna get shit when she goes to school with her bare face she knows it's gonna be a hard day she knows people are probably gonna be mean and she does it anyway because she has decided to listen to the people who love her which is you know Suho and everyone else who loves her and thinks she's beautiful however she chooses to present herself I really, really liked that scene. It was so satisfying. Um, so another thing I've just got here, uh, I really like, again, the reason why I thought Suo is so good for Ju Gyeong is that he doesn't solve all her problems or stand up for her. He gives her the strength to do it herself. And I think that's really evident in that last scene. You know, she goes to school with no makeup. She starts getting bullied and then she bites back. She stands up for herself. She yells at the bullies and um, Suo is kind of turned up. He's hovering in the background, but he doesn't get involved. He doesn't, you know, stand up for her and be like, this is my girlfriend and she's beautiful the way she is. Like, he's like, she can do this by herself. And she does need to do it by herself because, you know, swapping wearing makeup for having a hot boyfriend, you know, it's, it's no good. She's got to feel good about herself from herself, not only from Suho. So I loved it. I thought it was really good. And then... The last thing I've got on my list, because Suho is so perfect throughout this whole drama, like he's really wonderful. I loved these little goofy moments where he's a little bit silly. So there's this whole point where um, they're together, they're dating now, and Ju Gyeong's just really, really busy. And so he's having this like stress attack and he's like, just has all these like weird nightmares of her breaking up with him. And it was just so nice to see him being, I guess, uh, you know, just yeah, vulnerable, I suppose. I really enjoyed it. It was very funny. And I, I just think it, it really like just pulls him back from just being this too perfect character. He feels like a real person that she could be in a real relationship with. So those are all the many, 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 many things that I loved. I'm sure there's a lot more that I love too that I can't think of, um, but I feel like that's enough. So I will talk about the, the like barest minuscule things that I didn't love. Alright, stuff that I didn't love. There really, really wasn't anything. And the stuff that I didn't love was so minuscule that it kind of goes to show, I think, how solid and good this drama was. Um, so it's so small, but there was just one kind of, or there was two tiny, tiny threads that I thought were dropped that I would have liked just kind of mentioned at the end. So the dad, uh, Jugong's dad, who's like a bit of a dropkick or whatever, he keeps fucking up and losing the family's money. Um, and there's this scene, like he's just 
the wife, which I get, you know, <laughs> he hasn't done good things, but um, his whole family, I think, kind of, you know, he's he's a silly goon. Like, he doesn't get treated always like he's very useful. So it's this whole thing that he's useless, he's useless. Um, but we see this one point where he's very uselessly leaves home to try and chase down a scammer and it doesn't go well and it's no good. But when he leaves home, we see that when he's gone from the family household for quite a few days, there is crap everywhere. You know, there's no one to cook dinner. There's rubbish everywhere. The washing hasn't been put away. Like none of the jobs, like the household jobs are being done. And the drama doesn't say anything, but you can see it in just the way the house is set up. Um, and, you know, the kids come home and they're like, where's dinner? And the mother's like, oh, my gosh, like, I don't know. Your father's not here. Like, I'll try and figure out how to cook. And so you understand from this scene that the dad is a stay-at-home dad. He's like a house dad. And the wife, who's always on him about, you know, earning money and kind of annoyed that he's useless, is obviously the full-time worker, which, you know, is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I think that it, I just would have liked if at the end, you know, instead of like the dad just always being this kind of silly, useless dad, I would have liked it to be acknowledged like, oh, he looks after the house. He looks after the kids. He does the cooking. He does the cleaning. So he's not useless. He has an integral role in their family unit. It's just that his integral role is not bringing in money, but that's his wife's role. So that's fine. So I just, I would have it's so small. Like, I mean, I'm kind of like talking about it enough for probably people to feel like it was some sort of big deal for me, but it really wasn't. It's more like a throwaway thought I had at the end. I just would have loved that to just curl back in at the end and that dad to sort of just have a bit of recognition from his family that he does work hard. It's just, you know, again, maybe not in that kind of societal, traditional male masculine role that men are expected to do, which, you know, that's not how life works. Everyone can do anything they want. <laughs> so I just would have liked it to be acknowledged. I think the drama did by making the house so messy when he wasn't there. I just would have liked the family members maybe to just give him some props for one moment. But also he was fairly useless, <laughs> kept losing all their money. So, you know, fair enough if they didn't want to give him props. I guess that's that's fine too. And then the very last thing, again, is like so small, it's nothing. But we kind of see there's this comic, you know, the comic library shop owner is this dude. So he's this older dude and he's been running it for like forever. And we see like he's very nice you know, he lets the kids hang out there. And we see throughout the drama and um, every now and then we kind of check in with him and he's like, oh, I hope I can get married. He really wants to meet someone. He wants to clearly get married and fall in love and all that kind of stuff. And we just kind of, it just pops up. It's such a like minuscule side thing every now and then. And I would have just loved if just in the last episode, you know, when it's two years later, if we could have just, I mean, maybe we did and I missed it, but I just would have loved to have seen him with like, having found a partner or something like that, that would have been, it would have been cute, <laughs> but maybe that's just the romantic in me talking and it doesn't matter. I don't know. Um, so I'll just touch very, very briefly on the ending. No real specifics. Uh, I mean, not hugely <laughs> specific. Uh, so there is a time jump. It jumps forward two years and then we get the last episode, um, you know, as things get sorted out. Um, normally I hate 
the time jump. But again, I feel like this drama just explained everything so well. I get why Suo did what he did. I get why she was so angry at him for doing what he did. And it just all made so much sense to the characters. Um, I felt so sorry for Sojun, who, you know, was obviously ready to let her go. And then because of circumstances with Suho leaving, he's begun to hope again and he's hanging out and he's her best friend and she just doesn't see him in that way or ever think of that because she can't get over Suo. Um, but the scene where Sojun kind of makes the decision to push her away in order to help her do what she needs to do was like so good and so moving but so sad and just seeing him smiling at her and then turning around and his face just falling like oh my heart so I really liked it um I've written Sojun being the coolest dude ever that was my notes um and then so I found the ending really beautiful and satisfying I really really liked it I liked where it brought the characters I liked that the kind of spiteful best friend gets brought back into the fold what she did was terrible but she was a teenager at the time and she made a mistake and I like that the characters forgive her and bring her back um she's obviously you know very guilty about it and I also really, really loved the way the show brought back in um, Suo and Sojun's friend, the one who died. They bring back the memory of him all through that last episode in a way that was really poignant and moving. And I felt I don't know. I just felt like it's it's such a it's a good it's a sign of really really good writing that that thread didn't get dropped. Like that it wasn't the reason that you know Suo and uh, Jugyong met on the rooftop was because he was there to remember his dead friend. But then it's like everyone forgets about it because he kind of gets over it. I like that you know Sojun and Suo never get over it. It's a part of who they are. This grief. And they just learn to live with it and try and, you know, have a positive life despite the fact that this awful, terrible thing has happened and they try and remember their friend in the best way they can. And I loved that so much of that last episode was kind of dedicated to that remembrance of this person who we never even know as viewers, but who means so much to those two boys. Um, for me, that felt like such a satisfying kind of conclusion and you know, circle, I guess, like things were really being brought back and tied up at the end. And I really, really appreciated that. Um, so yeah, all in all, oh, such a beautiful show. Um, I, it's so much more, I think, than what you might ever expect it to be. Um, and I hope that I feel like there's enough kind of word of mouth about it that hopefully people like me who might not have thought to try this show will, um, and just give it, you know, give it a go because it's so much more than I think it kind of makes you think it's going to be. Um, so that's all I'm going to say on true, Bo true, true booty, mm, on true beauty. And yes, if you haven't seen it, you should definitely, definitely watch it. Um, and so that's true beauty, 16 episode youth romance drama, um, which finished airing in very early 2021. Um, what, what a gem. I love it. Now it is time for my random thing of the week, and it is stuff that K-drama has influenced me to do. I feel that most people who maybe before they discovered Korean drama, you know, 
we're not maybe completely familiar with Korea or Korean culture or anything like that, we'll have experienced like, I think the very normal thing of being like, I want to eat Korean food. I want to eat you know, ramen in a pot at home out of the lid. Um, I want to eat lots of kimchi forever. Um, that kind of stuff, it feels like it's a really normal <laughs> reaction. And also like, I want to go and visit Korea and travel around. Um, so I feel like everyone who gets obsessed with K-drama is going to kind of have those experiences. I certainly have. Um, but then I feel like there's even like a deeper level where you get very, very influenced by things that you might not even kind of realize you are for a little while. So one thing for me is like, I guess, uh, K-drama fashion. I have realized that over the years I get very, very influenced by this. And some of the things about the way that I dress is directly like K-drama influence. So I'm really into lipstick in a way that I never used to be. Um, I really love wearing lipstick and I particularly love all these very bright, almost like almost neon-y kind of colors that, you know, a lot of people wear in K-dramas, these very bright kind of pinks and kind of, you know, reddy orange and colors like that. Um, anyway, I don't know if they look nice on me. I just really like them. So I wear them and you can't even like, well, in my country where I live, like if you go to, you know, a department store, they don't even really have those kind of colors. So you kind of have to go somewhere where they sell in Korean lipsticks so that you can get the cool colors. Um, so that's something that I've been very influenced by. Also fashion in terms of like kind of some of the clothes I wear and the way that I wear them. Um, I remember getting so struck by a drama I was watching that had a side character who was wearing these like big shapeless t-shirts, like real just normal looking plain t-shirts but with like really beautiful kind of pretty floaty very feminine skirts and I got obsessed with that whole look and it's years later now and I still wear stuff like that all the time so yeah there you go um, I'm sure other people have their own stories about what weird or random things k-dramas have influenced you to try out whether that's just you know getting obsessed with whatever you know new phone they've got in a drama or cool glasses or you know I don't know if you watched the king eternal monarch maybe you were influenced by all the product placement I don't know but anyway that's my random thought of the week <laughs> just want to give a massive thank you and shout out to all of the people that do support me on Patreon. I really, really appreciate it. And also a very special shout out this week to new Patreon supporters. So this is for Ali or Chowser. Um, so Ali has, a <laughs> I actually think it's really cool. So a, a show that Ali was talking about a lot on my Patreon, like, you know, the chat comments thing was about Love Struck in the City. So this is a really new drama. I haven't covered it on the podcast at all and I have to admit I haven't watched it yet um but it's been really really interesting like I don't know much about the show but I've seen that a lot of people are quite I guess having very different reactions some people like really really loving it and other people are saying oh it's not really for me um so my understanding is that it is a little bit unique in the format and some of the way that the story is told and I don't know just seeing Ali's comments around love struck in the city I don't know it kind of reminded me of 
just the fact that there are so many different dramas that are so different and I kind of love the fact that like I do think there's some dramas that seem to capture everyone's attention that everyone just kind of loves them but then there's always kind of those dramas that really I don't know I I don't want to say worm their way into your heart because that sounds like a negative thing (laughs) uh sinks into your heart I don't know moves your heart you know those special ones that you specifically love and maybe you know not everyone else does but I think it's just so cool that so many different stories out there find their audience you know they find those particular people that are going to connect with that particular story so I thought that it might be nice for all the listeners out there who did really really love Love Struck in the City um, to hear Ali's feedback on that one and she said that it is a must watch and really really loved it so I thought that was really cool so thank you Ali Um, and I also want to give a big shout out thank you to new Patreon Jerry Hurtle Um, so I just want to say thank you to Jerry for sending me some very, very lovely messages and comments, uh, just saying that she really liked my show. And um, thank you, Jerry. It was very, very encouraging to read those. So I really appreciate it. Uh, So that's it from me in my little Patreon shout out sections. (music) 